Today's chat is brought to you by Loot Crate. Save 10% on any new subscription at www.trylootcrate.com slash FFC. Enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome back for episode 107 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on November 3rd, 2017, over on twitch.tv slash Focus Fire Chat. Big shout out to our live chat here. Thank you so much for joining us for an evening back in the tower. This is your host, Blue Crew 86. Alongside me, we have our favorite Gunter, the one and only green-eyed music lover. Green, hope you're doing well. You, uh, I know you're probably looking forward to tonight's chat. I know you were really excited and really well prepared and... I don't know what you're talking about. I got cookie dough. <laughs> all this talk about the next week and this faction war, this stupid dead orbit, and I'm comforting myself with cookie dough tonight. Because it's that kind of night. It's that kind of night. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, also, in the limelight of the week, we have our newest member of the FFC podcast team, the grizzly bearded lore master himself, Beard Grizzly. Beard, how are you doing tonight? Uh, FWC better win or I'm going to punch somebody. <laughs> we're so not we're, competitive we're, at we're, all. We're, we're, we're off to a rather aggressive start. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're just going to cause the collapse all over again. Hey, yes. <laughs> we're like cuddling up with cookie dough and uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah, it's that kind of and nice. I'll just I'll just be over here with Lakshmi going, hey, hey, can we just blow up that side of the tower? It could work. <laughs> It could work. You know, you know the funny <laughs> thing is the, the funny thing is the side of the tower that has the best the best orbit um, is the same side that you're on, Beard. So yes, yes. Except, <laughs> except, have you seen FWC's room? Oh, that's because true. if that's not the most retro, <laughs> awesome, eighty-ish place I've ever seen in my life, the fact that you can sit in one of those eggshell chairs and be like. I can sit here all day and just look at this information coming through. Oh, that's I don't know about face. you. I don't. I don't think that's what they're doing when they're sitting in those chairs, dude. There's, there's, I a, swear, I mean, there's a bit, of, there's a bit of a haze. I was about I to say there's, there's yes, a bit really. of a haze going on in there. Well, that that was my joke. Is that I felt like it was almost too bright because when you go over <laughs> and you talk to Lakshmi, like it's, it's really dark and everything, mm-hmm. and then like you get up back out into the room and it's just like, wow, um, who turned the lights on? Because in in her in her little cubicle, it feels like there's nothing but like darkness. I was like, "What is going on?" She is sucking in all the light. I guess so. She's uh she's she's keeping the darkness in the little. See, FWC does save you. She's keeping the darkness at bay all on her own. Suck it. <laughs> we are off to a great start. Yes. Well, well, yes. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to d- jumping into the discussion for tonight's episode. So, <laughs> so, so let's run through a few quick notes and then get right into it. Our topic for this week's chat is going to be a look at the collapse. Before we jump into that, however, I do have a few housekeeping notes to run through. In our last chat, we discussed the Emperor's Hit List. If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out the new FocusFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes to let us know how we're doing, as well as helping us continue to grow. 
As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday at about 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, links of which can be found in our show notes or on our website. Podcasts focused on Destiny include Guardian Radio, the first and longest-running Destiny podcast on the net, Guardian One, a Destiny group dedicated to Guardians helping Guardians and discussing current Destiny news and happenings, Ghost and Echoes, a collection of the Destiny audio grimoire from Destiny One, and the network's newest edition, The Guardian Life. A podcast from the casual Guardians perspective and highlighting all Guardians, large and small. We actually do have some non-Destiny-focused podcasts as well. Those are Paragon Radio, which is a podcast that focuses on the news and events in Epic Games MOBA, Paragon, and their community, and The Enthusiast Life, a podcast discussing a wide range of fun topics from within the entertainment world. Our next chat is going to be a discussion on Titans, so be sure to weigh in on the poll this weekend to let us know what topics you want to discuss after that. Links to this poll can be found on either Twitter, at FocusFireChat, or within our Discord server. I went ahead and asked Green to put together a high-level summary of tonight's topic, and this is what she had to say. Destiny provides us with so many mysteries, but none are so impactful as what caused the collapse. Something hit us, killed our golden age, nearly wiped us out. Only the Traveler saved us, and at a shattering cost. The speaker tells of a cosmic force that swept over us and caused the collapse. Legend calls it the Darkness, the Traveler's ancient enemy which hunted it across space. All we have left are questions. Centuries of debate gave birth to competing arguments on the nature of the darkness and the collapse. Before we jump into the information and thoughts that the community had about the collapse, however, let's take a look at this week's Lost Lore. So I think I think we we have agreed officially behind the scenes finally that we're going to talk about the anomaly on Titan for this mm-hmm. week's Lost Lore. All right. So mm-hmm. what what this is this is this is not the anomaly which uh, we are we know from Destiny One and Waning introduced to. Oh, poor Waning. <laughs> no, because I would have punched it behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> and then Rasputin uh, would have dropped a war set on you. But no, wait, I'm is... a warlock. I'm not a titan. <laughs> what am I talking about? Sorry. You just slap. You just slap them. It's fine. But mm-hmm. uh, so this is this is actually a uh, deep space anomaly that we find out that kind of existed during during the Golden Age from the Lost Pacific armor. 
Um, and so this is the Lost Pacific Gauntlets, or sorry, the gloves, which are the gauntlets, the grips, the gloves, the greaves, which are the boots, the uh, strides, and I think just boots, right? No, greaves, boots, and strides. And then um, mm-hmm. I don't, I can't remember. Does is the anomaly mentioned on the other pieces, or is it just the gloves and the boots? I'm just seeing the gloves and the boots at the moment. But I know there's some mild things that are also said on the class item, but it's more. Oh, that's right. That's right. Fact. <clears throat> right. And this is where we get introduced to a character by the name of Doctor Shanice Pell, um, mm. and it's kind of almost. And so, like, it it kind of goes into the long or the longer story of the research group that was on um, Titan. If I remember that correctly, Titan, mm-hmm. and how they kind of had to weasel their way around Clovis Bray to even get their research, and how they were actually and Beard Green, correct me here if I'm I'm misremembering this particular piece. They were actually con- trying to compete with the Traveler's terraforming capabilities. They were trying to replicate a lot of the same things. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say compete. But they were right, definitely right. Yeah, trying yeah. to figure out um, how to do it. Right. Right. They yeah, were the trying way, to do their own terraforming. The way I had kind of um, kind of interpreted it, uh, interpreted it is they were attempting to do what the traveler could do and prove that they could do it without the traveler being nearby and possibly go above even beyond what Clovis Bray was trying to do. Mm-hmm. And go past what the terraforming operations they had were there. there. At least that right. was my full interpretation of it when I when I started digging. But yeah. and it and it makes it makes sense that they would do this on Titan, which, as we can all attest to, is not very friendly to life. Um, no, so, but it might have been before where they ended up screwing it up. That's that's true. That's true. There's a there's. <laughs> We won't know. I mean, we can't really talk to the yeah. the inhabitant of Titan right now. He's kind of not coming to the surface. Uh, uh, nope. So creepy. <laughs> um, but so what? What basically this is is when we say the anomaly, what we're talking about is apparently at the time of I, I'm assuming it was kind of near the end of the Golden Age, which is why it's kind of relevant to this particular episode. Um, mm-hmm. there is, and this is an argument that I've, I've seen a couple times. There was an anomaly in the deep space, deep space anomaly. And the group of scientists <clears throat> were curious because it's an anomaly, right? They want to know what it is. Um, and the reason why I say this is near the end of the golden age, uh, is because actually what, what is said on the boots of the, the armor. And it's basically a quote from Shanice Pell. That's the last recording of her or him, them. Can't remember if it's a, can't remember. Is, is she, was Shanice a, I don't I think, I, assume I, I think it's, it's a she. Yeah. I would assume it's a female based on the name alone, but right. I could and be I'm, wrong. I'm trying to re- I don't think we I have think, much other. Cause Pell was the one that, her their their significant other had been lost mm-hmm. right I th- so anyways the recording is basically saying this research has to get out even if i don't people have to know what this anomaly is um there are a lot of people who have started connecting this to the disturbances that rasputin started seeing and this is this was the argument was that this could be potentially the arrival of the darkness in our system. 
Um, it's possible because there's right. a there's a scannable that ha- talks about it too. There's a scannable where you scan a red terminal, mm-hmm. and it talks about how it's the last recording. Right, and then and then yeah, I see you, you got a couple more quotes in chat for mm-hmm. us. Uh, the last one is the other one that I was remembering too. Is it's another quote from Doctor Pell, and it says, "I need more data and put the lab on yellow alert." So this is something that was even though they didn't really know what was going on they definitely saw it as a threat um and so yeah and, and the reason and green i know you you did thank you for throwing these quotes at me yeah. um the uh the reason we know this is a deep space anomaly is because of another quote that says send a deep space probe towards the anomaly i want to know what it is that's also from dr pell um so uh beard green what do you guys do you guys have anything you wanted to say on this one? Well, one contention piece that I know that was out there for a little while, uh, there was the, uh, oh goodness, now I, the, the Anguish of Dreisten uh, gun talks about the lost first fleet of Saturn. And everybody was sitting there going, well, maybe mm. this, uh, this uh, lost... Uh, or the anomaly that's existing, because I've I've theorized that there was something uh, that NASA had said with the way that Saturn kind of moves and the rings and storms that actually form around it are possibly caused by a type of black hole. And I think that theory has since been thrown out at this point. But there were there were motions that existed that would end up showcasing that, no, there there's something weird happening with Saturn. Uh, long story short. Dreisten's, uh the first fleet was lost, and then, as far as we can kind of conclude, uh, ended up meeting up with Oryx, and that is how the gun was built, quite possibly, broken down from Dreisten himself or something else. Um, what people had kind of thought was that this anomaly that was being spoken of was actually out at Saturn, and that it was something with, like, the wormhole that could be with the Nine or something else. Which, by the way, it's not a wormhole. Anyway, we've already concluded the simple fact that, uh, especially with uh, what has been produced through the uh, the books of Sorrow with Sabathun, we know that black holes within Destiny can actually be utilized as transport devices, or so we are led to believe. So in that respect, uh, I could kind of see where people could think that maybe this deep space anomaly was there, but then we have to define what deep space is. Deep space would mean that it is further out past our solar system. It would even probably, if all is said and true by even our definition today, past the uh, the 3.2 light years that could possibly be the Oort cloud. So that's a pretty far distance. So needless to say, I would definitely cut out the possibility that this is the uh, anything to do with Saturn or the loss of Dreisen's th- fleet and so on. Uh, it's it's definitely further, further, further past any kind of influence that our sun has, past the heliopause, as Rhino just said. Very good. Yeah, and and dancing and chats. Yeah, the anomaly was the weird neutrino scattering, which, by the way, neutrino scattering is very heavily connected to the Taken, uh, which was the other <laughs> yes. case, which is the other According contender actually to... for lo- the lost yeah. lore. Uh, that was yeah. a. That was a statement that was given to us in Destiny 2 by Asher, 
which was then and Icora. Yeah, which was then mm-hmm. translated by Icora very snarkily, um, mm-hmm. because then she comments that Asher needs a translator, um, and so we we know that the neutrino scattering is connected to the Taken and their blights, and they're they're basically coming into our realm, um, and so that puts a new. I, I I hate it when I accidentally do puns. This puts a mm-hmm. new light on the incident oh. that Rasputin has recorded because the neutrino scattering is a comment in one of the ghost fragment Rasputins in which he is documenting an anomaly in deep space. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that anomaly is believed to be the, the onset of darkness and the, you know, the, what eventually led to that final shattering battle with the darkness and the traveler and, thus entered into the collapse or well entered into the dark ages ended the mm-hmm. collapse mm-hmm. sorry mm-hmm. And so, we do have we do have a few scans that talk mm-hmm. about an emergency on titan whether or not the anomaly caused the emergency considering that they went on yellow alert that's kind of what leads me to think that this is part of it uh the red terminal that you get to as you're going to go to sloan at the very beginning of it says a golden age console and the user still logged in. Lilani Valero, Marine Tech number 426. She was in the middle of logging an emergency of some kind. And then there's a broken monitor. I know you can get to it when you're doing the Zabathun strike. I'm trying to think if I know you can get to it normally too during just regular patrols. And it says from this console, a Golden Age technician locked down the shipyard and forbade all future arrivals. The entire arcology was undergoing an emergency evacuation. She signed off. I wonder if she made it out. So it's one of those things where if this is the same anomaly or the same instance of whatever was coming, that they had some sort of warning mm-hmm. to be able to say, hey, we got to get out of here. Yep. But. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and and like I said, this is on the Lost Pacific armor set. So if everyone would like to, definitely check out IshtarCollective.net um, and look those up. There, the actually of the armor sets, this is actually one of the more interesting ones because, or I think it's one of the more interesting ones. I know, I know some people will probably disagree with that, um, yeah. but it's one of the more interesting ones simply because of the background that it actually gives us about Titan, which, you know, if you've run around Titan at all, there is, there's a lot of really cool little, little tidbits. Uh, apparently they had yeah. really good advertisements for life on Titan. Oh, um, they have a jingle. <laughs> they have yes, a jingle. They do. <laughs> Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, but I mean, it, it definitely has the feeling of a, a community or a colony, you know, have whatever you want to call it that was trying to compete with Clovis Bray, which, you know, mm-hmm. of, of, uh, of a lot of the things that are going on in the world of the golden age, someone who is taking on Clovis Bray, I I'm kind of interested in to see how, how things panned out for them. Um, but, or didn't, or, or did it, well, you know? A- you know, yeah, that's really. that's the question is, was the anomaly a man-made anomaly? Hmm. We don't know yet. We don't know. <laughs> um, As another uh, side note, we actually knew about Lost Pacific in Destiny. 
uh, but we only knew about it through an emblem. And we only know about that emblem because of the Warlock Bond. Uh, the Warlock Bond actually hosts or seems to host the emblem of the uh, the mission uh, standard that they utilized for Lost Pacific, uh, or at least for the, the station on Mars, the, or on Titan. Mm -hmm. uh, the emblem itself in Destiny is called Illusion of Light. And I find it very interesting that they would end up oh, naming yeah. it that, obviously, because, of course, they're trying to uh, mimic what the Traveler can do. So they possibly had this planned out even as far back as that uh, emblem, but I didn't get a chance to look at like when it was actually instituted. Uh, it could have been something that they added in TTK. They could have added something more in, um, in, in Rise of Iron. I'm just not necessarily sure. Uh, but regardless, the emblem does match what is on the Warlock Bond, which I find super interesting. Yeah, that is. That's really, you know, I like the connection that you had there with the the illusion of light, too. That's, mm -hmm. that's a really good it's one. A, it's such an aptly named uh, Bond for now, or emblem name for, like, what we now know with uh, with how Lost Pacific was yeah, built up. Yeah, It's just perfect. Yep. Because technically, by by all accounts, and I'll go into this as lightly as I can, Titan today doesn't look anywhere near what it does with the terraforming project that was done by Lost Pacific or whatever mm -hmm. you end up wanting to actually call them. Uh, like right now, there are full landforms on Titan that uh, that exist. So to have it like completely washed out, that's why to me, I kind of call it a failed terraforming attempt uh, because of all the water and all the other stuff that's going on with it. It just... It looks like everything got that just completely screwed up. Also, complete side note, if you're getting brained with methane, um, I hope you wash your armor after you're done. Mm, That's highly corrosive. Highly! It doesn't make really good for, for making it vacuum vacuum sealed. Let's just put it that way. I'm going to say thank God for, uh, for ghosts healing you all the time. Yeah, I know, because right. technically you should be getting healed all the time. It burns! <laughs> it's very, Ghost very, is just like, very... wow, I'm really glad I've got the light right now. Yeah, mm -hmm. It's a very Marcus Wren approach, right? Oh, God. Really. Now, alternatively, they call it methane, but did they get far enough to turn the rain into something else? Which, by all accounts on the environ, shouldn't be the case, but I don't know. <laughs> that's, a, that's, I mean, yeah, right, right? That's because Sloan is walking around without a helmet. I'm yep. trying to remember what the conversion, like the chemical, actual chemical components for methane is. It's carbon-based, it, so they could right. screw with it enough to, to make it work. But, um, but yeah, it, uh, it, but by typical science of like what we have today, it wouldn't make a lot of sense. Mm. That's, that's all I would say. <laughs> Alchemy. Alchemy. Oh no, mm -hmm. that's another mm -hmm. that's um, another rabbit hole. So let's before we get caught into into that one, let's let's kick Randy <laughs> off and go back on to topic of talking about the real bad transformation to yeah. the collapse. All right, here's Randy. Lorebot two point zero activated. Query received. Interfacing with expanded database directory. Response received. Displaying on screen for review. Oh man! All right. So, 
let me let me kind of come at this with a, a bit of a, a story of why we're talking about the collapse in the middle well not in the middle but at the beginning of destiny 2 after about three years of destiny um one of one of our i, I can't remember when we got asked but one of the requests was to put the collapse on the poll because People we coming hadn't into Destiny, well, yeah, we hadn't done it, and a couple people behind or coming in Destiny Two uh, didn't necessarily play Destiny One or weren't weren't very heavily involved in the story in Destiny One, and and so the the collapse has been mentioned obviously a couple times in Destiny's story. It's kind of a big deal, and they were just curious why, why, what is this? Why is this important? You know, it sounds like it's a big deal, but it's not really kind of around. Uh, in easily accessible, especially in Destiny Two, as much because it was it was really a world event, uh, which is arguably what Destiny One, in my mind, that's kind of what Destiny One was was setting up the world that Destiny Two's story is taking place in, um, and so it was it was more of a a historical notation, I guess, if you will. Bookmark. Yes, thank you, thank you. Um, so, yeah, that's why we're talking about the collapse in Destiny 2. Uh, so, where that kind of leads us to is we're going to be talking about a couple of the Grimoire cards. I, I love making this comment, but for those of you who are new to Destiny, we used to have these really cool things called Grimoire cards. Um, and the one that really, really sums up the collapse, I think, pretty well, and um, was one of the I ones I, I think, Green, you actually used in the I intro, used a lot of it is mm-hmm. is a card called the darkness um these cards are uh the best way to get access to these cards is ishtar collective ishtar-collective.net uh they have all the the archives from destiny one uh, so that includes items and everything on their site um so if you're on there go ahead and just type in the darkness in their search and it will pop up but uh green did you want to green do you want to read that one for us sure The darkness. Something hit us, killed our golden age, nearly wiped us out. Only the traveler saved us, and at a shattering cost. The speaker tells of a cosmic force that swept over us and caused the collapse. Legend calls it the darkness. The traveler's ancient enemy, which hunted it across space. All we have left are questions. Centuries of debate given birth to competing arguments on the nature of the darkness and the collapse. The Pajari position describes the darkness as a force with both physical and moral presence, an actualization of evil. Pujari art depicts the darkness as a great storm, or as a change in conduct, a corruption that emerged from within a poisoned and the golden age. That is a typo that they never fix, and it's driven me crazy. Saint-14's <laughs> position argued that the darkness was an invading armada, an alien force of incredible but tangible power. Some adherents believe that this armada sprang from species rejected or discarded by the Traveler for their sins. Ulan Tan's thesis considers the darkness a necessary symmetry to the Traveler in a cosmic balance. In this view, the Traveler's goodness led it to sacrifice for others, and it is up to us to return this goodness by healing the Traveler. The Monist position, or the Deflashary position, 
considers the darkness as a technologically sophisticated force, perhaps a post-singularity intelligence. Adherents invoke information theory or contend that the universe is a simulation, allowing advanced intelligence to gain weakly acausal powers by bending the rules. An actoleptic cause claims that we are intrinsically unable to understand the darkness. In many respects, this belief parallels the Praxic Creed, which suggests that we should stop worrying about the nature of the darkness and focus on resisting and defeating it. Certain positions, often labeled heretical, imply that the traveler itself triggered the collapse, or that it knew the darkness was coming for it and hoped to use the solar system as a sacrifice or proxy army. The binary star cult is one notable example. Yeah. That one little... Which was renamed to the trinary star cult. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. If it was binary star cult, could the Leviathan have the little two blindingly star put type things on top of it and not be really called out as the binary stars? Mm-hmm. Seriously? <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Anyway, that's my... <laughs> Just that one little typo in this drives me crazy because it just does not make sense whatsoever why it's there. No. But all the different positions, all the positions, Pajari, Saint-14, Uvantan, Manus, Akateleptic, I kind of butchered that. Yeah. Akateleptic, I don't know. I think that's closer. Yeah. Yeah. The Akateleptic is a philosophical, I'm looking, I'm trying to page through my old notes on the darkness Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. it's a philosophical approach to things and let me let me look up notes real quick on that and uh so i'll be right back okay i like how it just gives birth to all these philosophical questions as to what it is as what the darkness is even though especially go for it especially with these uh with these practitioners i've just been sitting here and thought this whole time like trying to remember this card a little bit more because it's been a little while since i've looked at it as one of my books fall on the floor if you heard that Mm. Uh, (laughs) the um the thing that i like though is that they do reference uh not just philosophers at the time but they also reference somebody like saint 14 who we again don't necessarily know too too much about all the same but he's somebody that's a titan which this gives a little bit more to the idea that titans are not just their fists we're we're very you know very familiar with the ideas of what um of what wei ning had done and so on of course certainly but saint 14 showcases that uh you know there is a little bit more behind the titan order than just just punching things and that's what i like about it uh, but Olentan is also referenced in Destiny 2 again in his, uh, with the ship, actually. And the uh, cove. Called... Yep, in the cove. So there's two things with Olentan, which means that they're, they were a very, very important part to the city, uh, even if maybe just made as like a martyr or something like that. And his, his death is still very mysterious. Uh, it's still very much up in the air of like what might have happened to him. Uh, but what I've I've loved about Olentan is that it does go with the dichotomy of uh, mm-hmm. the darkness and the light, and that is what he founds the symmetry on. 
is the ideas of we are the balance to the darkness. And right now, perhaps that balance is a little bit outswayed. And that's why I think that's why the traveler is awake. Uh, I think when all is said and done, I think that's exactly why it's awake again. That the darkness was becoming too overwhelming. Because yep. in some respects, I mean, we have the, the traveler wake back up and somewhat wake up the hunters. Now, I'm, yep. I'm just going to refer to them as the hunters, not us yep. as hunters proper, but the hunters as in the triangle ships that everyone talks mm-hmm. about or the pyramid ships, to be more precise. Even though they're not pyramids, I'm losing my geometry <laughs> in my head. Um, it's late here. But mm-hmm. the fact that the Traveler made the blast supposedly woke up these hunters which is the balancing because the traveler is now overwhelmingly powerful. I mean, you could argue it that way, but you could argue it in a lot of different ways. St. 14's idea of invading Armada, what does like Armada of ships look like? It looks like an, an invading Armada coming our way now, but yeah, there's a lot of different perspectives on this, which is kind of the whole point of this card that everybody has their own idea. And I think mm-hmm. Blue has got his notes back in yeah. order. Yeah, so Woo! uh to go to to touch on the same fourteen thing, I uh, yeah, I agree, Beard. That that was one of the cases that we made also when we've we've talked about Titans. Every time we've talked about Titans is this is a very evident case to be made that Titans I mean they're very knowledgeable about what they what they are doing. Um mm-hmm. and I would argue that contemplative. That's, I uh, yes in in a in their own way they are um saint 14's position also remember that saint 14 was responsible for running a, a crusade against the fallen so yeah. he was very much focused and and you'll notice that his his theory was an invading armada an alien force you know these which would be the fallen i mean that's a lot of a lot of people have made that connection um so there's there's two things here that actually are really for me for for my perspective is very interesting. The first is actually the deflationary position. So this is actually a nod to a a a theory of truth. Uh, so it's it's called the deflationary theory of truth. And basically, what this theory is is that to assert a statement is true is just to assert the statement itself. Um, mm-hmm. So basically what it's saying is that the example that they use a lot is to say that snow is white is true or that it is true that snow is white is equivalent to saying simply that snow is white. And this, according to the deflationary theory, is all that can be said significant, significantly about the truth of snow is white. So they their, their point is, is that when you say, when you, you assert that a statement is true, all you're doing is you're just saying like you're just attributing truth to those words. You're not actually the actual thing being described does not necessarily have to be the it truth. It is what uh, it is yeah, the it, belief in that truth that what's what makes correct. it considered to be true. Right. And so like and there and uh Stanford has uh, a really 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 good article actually about the deflationary theory of truth and I can put that in the show notes if if anyone's interested in reading it. Um they go through the history of deflationism um which involves like the equivalent schema, the varieties of different deflationary deflationary theories. Um 
even I mean it even breaks into like the breaking out of the difference between their theories on truth and falsity, uh, which is which gets kind of interesting. Um, because basically a lot of the deflationary theory is based around semantics, um, mm-hmm. which is based with the meaning of words. I mean, that's, that's really what it is. Um, yeah. So the, the thing that they are looking at is for a monist or deflationary position is a technologically sophisticated force, uh, perhaps a post singularity intelligence. So they're using information theory or contend that the universe is a simulation. Uh, which kind of goes in line with a theory of truth in which nothing that you say is really abstractly the case Um, because you have uh, allowing advanced intelligence to gain weekly causal powers by bending the rules. That's all from this card. So in a way, that is where that stems from. Now, to go back to the acatoleptic clause, um, the acatoleptic clause is, let me read this, this real quick claims that we are intrinsically unable to understand the darkness. Okay, I'm going to stop. That's that quote. Acticleptic is a is a callback to a a skeptic doctrine known as acatalepsy. Uh, and this doctrine is basically that human knowledge amounts only to probability. You can there is no such thing as certainty. Um and what that means is that real or apparent, it's it's the real or apparent impossibility of arriving at certain knowledge or full comprehension. Uh, one of the one of the examples that you can use even in in discussing game lore, right, is um, uh, Kex had the podcast with Ishtar that did this. Uh, the the gauges of certainty that we can use when we're talking, we can never really get a hundred percent. Uh, and Keck, uh, Captain Kex, you know, he's he's in law enforcement, so he speaks from that perspective. And he talks he talks quite a bit in that podcast about how they use the gauge to kind of get into a probable state, which is really basically in that 85 to 95 percent certainty range. Um, and that's really that's that's honestly in the real world kind of the best that you can do. Um, there's not a there's not a lot better. You can't get perfect knowledge, and that well, kind of go for it. It's the whole idea of the think about it from a scientific perspective. Everything that we have is considered a theory, Correct. even if you can prove it a hundred out of a hundred times, it's still considered a theory because there is the probability that at mm-hmm. one point it might not be true. Well, and a a good example of that is gravity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I know people are going to, I am not enough of a scientist to fully explain this. Um, so I'm, 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 but I know from a theoretical like standpoint, the, if you follow the line of reasoning that explains gravity, ultimately you come back to, <clears throat> you come back to a basic theory. Everything in science is based off a primary theory that ha- that has to date yet to be disproven. But the point mm-hmm. is, right. the point is, is that we can, we have to be open to that. Th- that is a theory. It is ultimately mm-hmm. always based on a theory. Now, now, and this kind of goes back to the degrees of certainty, you know, we're 95, 97% sure that this is the way the, the world, you know, quote unquote works. But there is always going to be at least a one to 5% chance that that is that's going to get broken. I mean, bumblebees, bumblebees yeah. shouldn't be able to fly. 
You know, that's the common mm-hmm. common example that a lot of people use. Um, so, but that's where actolepsy comes from is the skeptic. And uh, skeptics, you know, just for anyone who is not familiar with uh, ancient philosophy, um, skeptics were a originally a school of philosophers in the ancient world in which they basically, their, their job, or a kind of self-described job, was to question everything. And when I mean everything, I, I they annoyed the ever-living daylights out of everyone because they questioned everything. Um, I am not really here. Like, you, oh, no, that yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, that's mm-hmm. where it kind of, it, it got to. And I mean, mm-hmm. and, and, and from a, from an intellectual point of view, that is a, it's a valid conversation. Um, but the problem with skeptics is that they, they trend, it, it was, it's a weird political thing as well uh, within the ancient world, but they, they got power and it just got really messy. But um, mm-hmm. acatalepsy was actually uh, really kind of formalized in use in the late or the early 1600s. Um, that's really where it kind of took speed. So, um, but yeah, so, so basically that translates into the acatoleptic, uh, clause in that we are intrinsically unable to understand the darkness. Um, that, that's kind of the, the trivia history of that particular clause is that is actually literally what that means. Like if you say it's an acoleptic clause, that is what it's because you are not able to understand it. So well, it's the same, and you could say the same thing about light. We are right, not right. the slippery capable of understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say it's just like we had mentioned before with like arguing for from semantics and everything. It's right, like right. You could continue to do that for for like every single day or for any given point, but yeah, in the in the end. You know, it, it kind of screams to me that it's just like, let me just tell you about these uh, these points that I have in mind. Just kind of right. run with the conversation on that point. And right. I find it funny because even in my notes, I had kind of written that, uh, and I'll just read it verbatim. From what we know in Books of Sorrow, the top four seem to be the ones that are on the the most proper path with best explanation. Um Versus what we have with the other two that, again, just seem like they argue the the phil, uh, philosophy and the semantics of the idea, which is which is what makes, you know, and this is this is this is where the collapse kind of coexists in discussion of the darkness, because it's it's very intrinsically mm-hmm. connected. But mm-hmm. I actually really also am a big fan of the and I'm not like a huge fan of any of the particular theories, but the the particular trivia connections, um, Pajari's position. Um, oh God, yes. Because and and Beard, I'm sure you have notes on this one as well. Pajari is actually a a very religious tech or religious term, um, and mm-hmm. so for a Pujari position to be claiming that there is a moral degradation of a culture, actually, <laughs> that is what a a a Pujari is is, and this is a gross oversimplification. A Pajari is basically mm-hmm. a a holy person within. I'm going off the top of my head. Hindu. Yes, is that right? Okay. Um, which it, it and the the weird thing about Pajari is I always can get this confused because it's 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 all it's the individual. It's a holy individual, but it is also a rite of purification, or it's mm-hmm. it's the it's the can't it's the thing that you light on fire in the. 
there's like there's multiple meanings of the word pajari but i'm gonna say it's not just a simple thing yeah right right it's by no means a simple thing but the cool thing with pajari is pajari was a warlock well the fun part about the the item which is or the the process not the individual who is the pajari is that it requires fire and you you burn it and that's how you purify things. Well, one of the Warlock's mainstays is in Destiny 1 was the Sunsinger, which, guess what? Had resurrection capabilities. Um, mm-hmm. And Pajari was also the Warlock that was connected to the Black Garden. Uh, he was the Thanatonaut that leaped from the shores of time. Uh, there's a great inside joke for anyone who played that map. Um, mm-hmm. Because you can't help but fall off the edge of B. But... Because it's just a stupid spot. Um... <laughs> yep. But um, so, but Pajari still do it to Pajari, this day. Pajari <laughs> argued that you know he and the, the other cool thing about Pajari, uh, real quick, is the the Pajari art that the that is described here. If you guys watch the intro of I, I don't I can't remember if it was in Destiny Two, but in Destiny One it had that amazing intro with the. The slightly though, like the fog and mist of the darkness, kind of creeping into the unit. That's kind of a lot of people kind of attribute that to Pajari artistic de- depiction mm-hmm. of the darkness. Um, and so, like Pajari argues that the darkness was like a change in conduct, the change of the attitude, the individuals, Clovis Bray, um, the corruption <clears throat> that emerged from from this from this you know very very. I, I, it was kind of like kind of what you see with Callus and the the Cabal Empire. Yep. But the hedonism and this like the self-focus, the egocentricism. Um and that's very that's very appropriate for a Pajari position. Like it, to me it's that that's one of my that was another one of my really favorite ones that kind of gets gets thrown in here. But um back to the collapse. Oh yeah, yeah, go for it, go for it, go for it. I was trying to remember where else that was actually said because there's off the top of my head, some other place that's actually stated something similar, like uh, just the idea that we're we're here to atone for like what it is that we had done. I think it was oh, uh, I mean, one of the Iron Lords that had said it. I think it was uh, Confluence or Timmer, and they had uh, mentioned how it doesn't it feel like that we're here because we we basically lost our way, mm-hmm. or the the tra- the traveler basically sent us to this fate. I can't remember the exact quote off the top of my head, but I know. The idea of Pujari is something that seems like carries over into the rest of uh, of like current day, or it seems like he might have picked up on some of the notes of those guys uh, and just kind of altered them or made them work for himself. But he's not he's not alone in his thoughts, if nothing else. Well, and it's I mean, I'm 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 going to tread gingerly on this thin ice, but it is uh, it's it's very similar to the idea of a purgatory. Um, yeah, you see that you see that with the seraphim armor from Destiny One, um, right. and and I mean, and if you think about it, to kind of pull it back into the collapse, um, if you think about it, that punishment. It, so, from a social perspective, basically, or associate economic perspective, what happened was we were at the height, right? So, basic summary of, I'm going to give a basic summary because we don't have dates and we don't have a detailed timeline. Thanks, Bungie. Um, but basically what's happened is the traveler arrives, uh, which ushers into this, this amazing and an appropriately named golden age, which is the height of basically human civilization. It's per like 
basically utopia. There, there were there were problems, but they were very, they were basically philosophical and political disputes. There was not a lot of big issues. We cured we cured most diseases. Lifespans tripled. Mm-hmm. You know, amazing things were happening. Um, and then at the height of this this era, uh, something happened. Uh, we have tidbits and clues that we've been able to piece together throughout the last three years of what happened but basically the rug got pulled out from underneath us and which is pretty apt because that's kind of why we call it a collapse it just fell apart that then led into what was known as the dark ages which you know we have talked about the dark ages that's also where you have like the warlords the the lords and ladies of iron which then leads into the city age and then into the age of triumph which then leads into the red war so that's that's kind of a very 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 overarching story of humanity in so far. And Green, I know you you wanted to jump in on that. Yeah, it was just the the concept that as, during our golden age we rose to the point where we were wanting to learn how to terraform. I mean, we mentioned it in the Lost Pacific stuff that we were actually to the point where we were trying to terraform and become powerful in that respect. The problem that I find with our discussions on the collapse, and this is one of the biggest problems about pulling information together, is the fact that we know a lot about what happened after, a little bit about what happened before, but we don't know what happened during the event. We don't know what the event was even. We just know the result of the event. And that was one of the points I made in chat is like, we really have no idea just because it is kind of a mystery as to what caused all of it. We kind of have hints what triggered it, but what the actual cause of it, I don't think we have a whole lot of information. Yeah, as far as... Go for a beer, go for a beer. Which isn't necessarily atypical of anything of that kind of, like, scale or event either. I mean, we're we're talking that we... The the Dark Ages were aptly aimed uh, named for the simple sake that we started to lose a lot of our ability to like have written logs. We have some written logs because of the Iron Lords, but we don't have a lot of stuff based on the Warlords. That all being said, the collapse also kind of, kind of ties back to the same idea. Whereas we've lost a lot of those back records, we've lost of the um, a lot of the the bits and pieces that essentially don't make a lot of. Uh, you know, overall connections to like how we were born or what had happened previously. And even then with the people that also seems to be lost, like any of these people that may have been around as family ties from the days of the collapse and so on, they are lost. They are, they are otherwise like they, they have no idea what it is that it happens or stories that are just kind of passed down from, from mouth to mouth. There's nothing written. There's nothing shown. We go from an age where there were vid logs, as Jacob Hardy had mentioned, to an age of nothing, zero records outside of somebody until we get Tyra Karn, who, you know, founds Cryptarch Order and starts to build it from there. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is where we start to, like, really build up our history again. Uh, but in the, the early Dark Ages and in the midst of the collapse, no, it is just a matter that it has fallen all down. And I, and, you know, talking about so talking about the Dark Ages, this is this is just me again being kind of like a, <laughs> a trivia connection, whatever you want to call it. There, um, I'm just going to censor myself on that one. But um, <laughs> it, 
I can't help and beard. I, I most I, I think we've had this conversation. You see a lot of parallels between the Dark Age in Destiny and the Dark Age in our own world. Um, we, yes. you know, for anyone who is is um, remotely aware of most of the eras, I guess, of here uh, history. Uh, the Dark Ages is actually a what's usually referred to as a historical periodization. Um, and basically what this usually refers to is about the Middle Ages. Um, and what what eva- what actually happened, and this is, I mean, if you guys ever want to just read some of the most, like, fascinating coincidences that saved civilization, go read about the dark ages because there are just some weird things that just happened. Um, thank God for the Irish. It's just like, I mean, (laughs) one, one of the best books is how the Irish, how the Irish saved Western civilization. It is just, there, there are just these like happenstance issues and they, I mean, they, they, they saved Western civilization. They, they retained most of the written history of the ancient world that survived the dark ages. Um, and what basically happened was very similar to what is being described in, in destiny as this, like this, this mysterious sudden event. We don't really know. And, and that is what happened in the dark age. We don't really know. Uh, there's theories that, uh, groups of sea people, uh, or the sea people, uh, went on pillaging, you know, the fall of the Roman empire occurred and or the Western Roman empire occurred. Um, and basically it just, it, and they use the light versus dark darkness imagery because it's very easy for most people to understand. But basically what happened was the world was plunged into darkness. Uh, things were pillaged. Edu- education was just ignored because everyone was suddenly reduced to just needing to survive. Um, and this is very similar to the collapse. This is the, the catalyst of just taking a world that is referred to as the golden age and just dousing the lights um and so in a very similar way to reality destiny goes through this collapse and there's a there's a lot of arguments you know we we've we talked about this in chat you know how long do the collapse last we don't we don't know i would argue that the collapse was a pretty fast event um simply because if if you're talking about the descent Right. Yeah. Well, and I and yeah, because yeah. I think after the and this is just me. This is my argument. I would say that the 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 process of the descent is the collapse. Once you <laughs> once you've ended your descent, that is when you are in the dark age. Yeah. Right. I think I that mean, is a I, really good distinction to make because I'll, I mean, I to me, that just is that. That's what I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's just the a lot of times when people talk about the collapse, they think about the Dark Ages itself as being part of the collapse, even though it technically happens after the collapse. The Dark Ages mm. is the result of the collapse. Yeah, it there, is, there's it there's is some what happens afterwards. I think there's mm-hmm. some oh, bleed yeah. through. But I mean, and and again, I'm I'm coming from it. I, I I just me personally, I come from it looking at it as a parallel to the actual Dark Age of europe um and you know a lot of i mean there's 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 arguments about whether when when the dark age actually happened but like along a lot of things that uh, when you're talking about historical eras the there is it's weird because there there are clear distinctions but at the same time there aren't 
um, because it gets fuzzy when you start getting really granular about the time or the events that occur. But there was a collapse that led to a dark age. But the point is, is that the actual term collapse was not synonymous with dark age because the collapse was what led to the dark age, not um, what was the dark age. Um, and I see you see this actually in um, Cade's journal, which was the Treasure Island uh, extra content that we got with. Oh, I'm going to blank. Taken King, I want to say. Um, and I have a link in our Discord chat for anyone who wants to read this. But this was a really fascinating, really fascinating little thing. It's very similar to the Cabal booklet that we that we got with destiny 2 um but there is a passage in it let me see real quick if i can find it um and the thing the thing about this is just as with anything with the lore with destiny it's kind of disjointed which also is kind of explained in in and of the journal itself um but Cade basically ultimately speaks towards um yeah here it is uh, he's speaking towards where his memory is kind of being disjointed. And there's a passage that says there is, there's no bounty. Uh, so this is in between a couple other passages in which he's kind of talking about, like he's remembering being a guardian, but then he's also remembering um, prior to that being an exo during the golden age or during the end of the golden age. Um, and then he comes back and he says, there is no bounty. There's no hive. I'm out in plain sight. Scorn sky is torn open and there's nothing and nobody left in this ruined world, but me and the boiling shadow all around, whatever it is, hits me before I can level my gun. Doesn't matter. Tendrils of pain crawl over my splayed fingers, my outstretched arms, my shoulders, my neck, my screaming mouth as it consumes. I'm being enveloped. Everything is wrong. Primordial. My systems go sideways, all but my sensors. It want it wants me to witness this, this world, or the world. And then uh, in the actual book, there are drawings, basically drawings of black creatures that we haven't seen, uh, which a lot of people kind of connected to the Taken, or even the darkness. Um, mm-hmm. But my, that's, and that's where, in my mind, there's a lot of connection. We already, and then we get the, the, the little tidbit that Asher gives us, uh, connecting back to this as well that's where i kind of am like yeah the taken were kind of involved in this collapse well and that's where that's where you can kind of argue that the that the the worm gods effectively handed the and i know this is slightly tangential but the worm gods were kind of given that uh fair power from the darkness and they ended up utilizing it for what they had done and then Oryx ends up going ahead and using the same power, but effectively the Taken could realistically, or that Taken power could be something related to the darkness. That's where that, that argument could kind of splay from. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. How far that could tie back, of course, there isn't much to prove it, but just the fact that we see that Oryx can at least uh, utilize said power kind of tells me that it can be manipulated in different ways. And if that is exactly or very similar to what the darkness is, that gives us our first realistic taste of how they could actually act. Because even, you know, Mark knows where the, a couple of the others have kind of gone on record to say, yes, the hive are the closest thing we have to the darkness. Mm-hmm. They're not the mm-hmm. darkness, but they're the closest thing we have to it. I, uh, would, you can, you can, hmm? I would definitely say that they are able to utilize 
the darkness, like we are able to utilize the light. Like we are yeah. not the light, but we can we can manipulate it. Well, and it, it still goes along with my whole theory of us being, you know, a mirror to the hive and how we we are in essence the same thing that the hive are, but yet aren't. You know, we're that we're that exact mirror image to how they're basically put together. Uh, so any powers that we can kind of utilize uh, effectively come back to the same kind of ideas that the hive could utilize. Because one way or another, the Vex are not able to understand paracausality. That comes down to the abilities that we display and the abilities that the Hive display, or at least Oryx, uh, with the, the powers of the taking. And the only other option that you could say is that uh, Karaya Blade Transform was the only one that could then understand it mm-hmm. because it was then taken. Mm-hmm. Again, tangent, I'm sorry, but I, I thought that was... a. Uh, that that's the only thing that I've been able to kind of think of with, with the way that Cade describes this stuff within the journal. Uh, that to me makes the most sense. It's the only thing that I can really kind of tie back to to kind of say, well, Cade did experience the taken previously, but it wasn't the taking. You know, it was it was something mm-hmm. more powerful even than that. Or the other thing too, and I just kind of was thinking just you know while we're talking a little bit of a tangent thought is we know that oryx had echoes that were basically able to be echoes of himself um and Mm -hmm. cade kind of seems to survive if this if 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 (laughs) this is uh taking um you know i could see this being an echo trying to take an exo and not quite having enough power maybe to do it right kind of you know like how yeah so um but green i know you wanted to jump jump you does that make does that make sense beard like like you know we know we know the echoes can kind of be they're pale i mean they are pale imitations of orcs and we knew that they could kind of do it so it makes sense that they could kind of be his herald in a way Mm -hmm. um and it would explain why orcs has never been to our system but yet the taken are being here during the collapse and you know, because I know a lot of people had that argument as well. Um, right. But go for it. No, that that's that's the the other argument that also has been kind of like creeping up left and right is uh, even even like Crota's involvement with the collapse mm-hmm. and such, which I know we'll mm-hmm. probably get to as well. But I'm of the camp that says he wasn't there, right. and I know that's a very unpopular opinion. But I'm of the camp that says he wasn't there. That Oryx wasn't there specifically. Crota. 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 I would say Crota wasn't there. I would say that that Crota was a force that came after the fact uh, that he was kind of building his force because I think when all was said and done, he may have been on the moon during the collapse. Like he may have been building himself up with the the showcases that the the Luna uh, the Luna installation, the first light installation, did know about the uh, worms underneath the ground. But it didn't go much further than that. We didn't necessarily right. see that the Hive were, were mm-hmm. entirely involved. Because I have this feeling that if Crota was directly involved in the collapse, I, I seriously think he would have just wiped us out. There wouldn't have been a was... dark age. <laughs> there wouldn't have, there no. wouldn't have been anything. If, uh, if he could actually leave the moon as it showcases that it seems like he can't, 
I don't necessarily think we would have had a, a very good day. It, it would, it, in my mind, going back to the ideas of like, because I didn't get a chance to chime in on the, on the collapse of how long it would have lasted. It would have been <laughs> anywhere from a day to a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. It would not have taken long. Taken. Ah, anyway. <laughs> well, let, let's, uh, you want to jump to some of the other effects of the collapse? Right. Yeah. So we do have some grimoire type uh, references to what happened a little bit, like in the collapse, Rasputin was actually down. Like mm-hmm. he was off. He was not brought back on until after the collapse. Now, granted, it says in the card from TT from the Taken King, and I'm trying to remember. It's called Wake Himself, mm-hmm. and yeah. it was where he mentions that it shortly he shortly came back on, and you're literally in a an area when you bring this up. It says this is the first place that came back up after the collapse, shortly after the collapse, and he regained control of the entire facility, but it all started here. Maybe Rasputin didn't wake himself. That is a terrifying thought, that he wasn't the one to wake himself up, that there was somebody there. Hmm. Well, and that's where you had the the lot of theories about Cade and the Exo Stranger. Because mm-hmm. the other thing that was there was that was when we also started finding the stuff about like the um oh it was the uh eye scans mm-hmm. the same set the same set of eyes accessed the the bunker like over mm-hmm. centuries, and you know basically the only thing that could survive that long and not deteriorate was exos um yep. so there was a lot of a lot of theories about that as well. But the other the other thing when we're on while we're on the topic of war mines is that <clears throat> this was also the time the time prior to the collapse was when we actually did have and I remember we talked about this pretty recently um, was actually we did have plural war mi- war mines so regardless of what happened after the collapse we do know that there were more than one so um, yes. And that's where also Rasputin kind of that's the the really fun conversation about Rasputin bucking human human approval of some of the things that he does and actually kind of sacrificing humanity for the yeah. for the long win. He's he's basically playing a longer game. Um and there's a there's a bunch of cards I think that have some disturbing but very very poetic uh presentation of rasputin kind of watching civilization crumble around him he's like are we going to talk about midnight exigent oh yeah we we can um that's that's a we 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 (laughs) um we're gonna get into rasputin yeah the reason the reason i kind of sigh at that one is we we did on the rasputin episode a while back like long long back um but uh was that yes uh pins is saying ghost fragment darkness which is a grimoire card uh ghost fragment darkness was where rasputin detects the darkness mm-hmm. um but we also uh this is where the connection to asher and all that are is made because he starts seeing the neutrino i think neutrino scatters um and everything but yeah uh green and i don't 
Oh, it's well, like we have... I don't know. I don't know how far down this particular. No, I think we should move on. Just a okay. cursory. If you wanna, if you wanna go back and listen to the Rasputin episode, we, where we go into that a little bit more. Yeah. And we we go into right. all the subroutines that Rasputin had in the Grimoire card and kind of explain it. Another really good site for that one is uh, Destinypedia. Actually, has a very mm-hmm. good breakdown mm-hmm. of the Rasputin subroutines. Um, yes, Rasputin did not shoot the traveler. Um, nope. Mm-hmm. So, and 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 the reason I kind of throw that in there is because if you go through the subroutines, he was preparing to. He never activated it, at least as far as we know. Um, as, as far from, as we can tell, from the information that we have, we have no evidence of his activation of the weapons that he had readied. He had readied mm-hmm. them, but he never fired them. Um. But yes, we did. We broke down the subroutines and all that stuff, and it's it's from a for the war minds particularly that is a very interesting event because that's also when you kind of see a possibility of Rasputin not just sacrificing humans. He actually could arguably have also sacrificed his own kind uh, mm-hmm. by shutting down. So yep. Rasputin Rasputin made a a tough call, if you will. But I say because you can you can look over all the other war mines and you can argue, of course, there's just to kind of list them and their importance. Like we know that there was one on Venus that was mm-hmm. unknown. There's Charlemagne that was on Mars. There's mm-hmm. possibly Martel. Uh, and then you have these sub mines, which we know a little bit less about, unfortunately. But one in particular is Malhaliati. And that was linked up with General Enshu. Uh, somebody that had direct influence towards uh, Tyrant or Rasputin. So to say that, you know, especially with the collapse, they are that important to look over. They're that important to look over. Uh, That's why we still question here in Destiny 2 what is going on with them. Because right now we have no necessary idea. We have uh, Arecibo, of course, from IO with the, the brief connections, but that's all we got. Right. Um, and also with the connections to the war mines, um, we have Siva. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Siva, Siva is present uh, also in the sense that Rasputin basically. Uh, so what happened was Rasputin detects the darkness coming in. And actually yep. there was there. The Exodus project was already in play, but Rasputin yep. actually overwrote timetables and moved it up to kind of try to help ev- evacuate. I mean, he he was trying mm-hmm. he was trying to assist humanity in surviving this this event and then when it just became obvious that it wasn't going to work, that's when he kind of was like, "All right, well, bye. Um mm-hmm. time for a nap." Uh and I think yeah, pins yeah. pins <laughs> <laughs> Time for hibernation. Um, Rasputin 3. Ghost Fragment Rasputin 3 is where he kind of realizes yeah. that he can't win and he shuts himself down. But So that's that's also the Exodus program, which then connects into Failsafe and that entire story arc. Um, and then also, you, I mean, you have Exodus Black, which is Failsafe. You have Exodus Red. You have Exodus Blue. Um, mm-hmm. I, I we- want to say there's an Exodus Green. Wasn't there an Exodus Green? I don't remember one, but I would be very happy if there was. I mean, I know you would. I mean, I I I, I nod my hat to you because Exodus Red, Exodus Red was the extra soul. It was the one that was sent out with the Siva mites. Exodus mm-hmm. Blue was the one that got gutted 
before it could launch and we actually had the the um crucible map right wasn't that the one that yeah that's right. yeah that's blue. right uh, blue saber green it's red red with dancing that. dancing correct me it's saber green that's the one i was thinking of saber, saber green, green was the that's uh, exactly right. was the command yeah. um so yeah yeah um but yeah, so the Exodus program was uh, a separate entity that had was already in play when the collapse happened because and and as part of the Exodus program, Siva was being used, and that connection there is that Siva was was basically it, a colonization tool. Correction, yeah. real quick, it yes. wasn't the Exodus program doesn't necessarily start during the collapse; it started prior to the collapse. Right. That's yeah. That's that, sorry. That's what I was. I was I, I, I misspoke then. Yes, that's what I meant. The the Exodus mm-hmm. program was in play when the collapse started. Yes, it for was it was of, going on. Right. Okay. For a bit of thank you. Thank for you. a bit of side notes too. Mm-hmm. Uh if you guys end up getting interested, check into like the Alpha Sector stuff because that actually talks a little bit further about all of the the Siva mm-hmm. mites and their uh connection to the Exodus project. Because originally uh yes. even even Willa Bray had like no incentive or idea to throw it at the Exodus project. It was completely General Anshu's idea. Mm-hmm. So right. uh, and, I I think and, it's absolutely worth reading over that stuff again. Yeah, and that was also where you got the argument interestingly, the argument between Bray and the general about the weaponization of SIVA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Bray was actually I'm trying to remember, Bray well, was showed, actually like, against. Willa actually like, seemed like she had a heart. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is a Bray that's arguing against, like, which I mean, whatever. Right? Brays get a hard rap because they deserve. Yeah, it. they so, do. Yeah, mostly, most of them deserve it. Um, I think. I mean, as far as going on a little bit back to other things that the collapse caused mm-hmm. that we we feel that they caused, or we, that we have some evidence that they caused. The Awoken is yes, a big one. Yes. Um, we did a whole series of episodes on them uh, and the history, which I'm excited that we're going to be getting more. Did you hear about how there's a social space that's possibly going to be coming up? Mm-hmm. I'm trying really hard not to... Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm trying... I'll be honest. I'm trying really hard not to get excited about that because the Cryptarchy... I, I the Cryptarchy to. is actually one of my favorite like little segments of information yeah. in Destiny because mm-hmm. of, again, this goes back to kind of the conversation we were having earlier about the Dark Age and the Irish. Um, the the concept of a wayward a wayward station actually managing to save bits and pieces of the lost civilizations um and kind of start rebuilding because that's what cryptarchs are cryptarchs are Mm -hmm. explorers of the golden age they are reviewing and i mean we did we did a whole topic on there's there's just amazing connections between Hygieia and the Library of Alexandria and you know the reef in general and the the island of of Ireland um within the dark ages and like what that actually was because basically the awoken were humans who were a lot of the awoken were trying to escape but there were actually humans already out in the reef and they were colonizing different areas of the reef and mining different areas of the reef so they were already actually there and then the collapse happened and the events of the collapse, the conclusion, I guess I would say, of the collapse 
was the uh, was the wave the basically so the similar thing that happened at the end of Destiny Two happened at the end of the collapse, um, and that wave washing over humans who were at that point kind of pure humans at, at the edge of the darkness yeah the human and the light they, they, the light they, touched they basically I mean, got that's squished. part of the quote they got yeah squished. yeah rock they in got, a hard place if you they will. got a nice love love <laughs> hug they got a they hug got... from both sides it's fine <laughs> they're the blue skinned stepchildren of this divorce um oh but uh, oh. I mean, they kind of are. They kind of are. It's just the Woken have like a really tragic origin story, actually. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the Awoken, the Cryptarchy is just amazing, and the Cryptarchs to date have all been Awoken. Um, you know, I don't, I cannot think. Nope. Yeah, we don't have all the Awoken. We know there was a mm-hmm. giant schism between the Reef Cryptarchy and the Tower cryptarchy mm-hmm. uh as which was... makes sense considering oh, yeah. they're right. awoken there's still the schism Correct. between awoken right. and the earth awoken earthborn which mm-hmm. uh, yeah, confirmation there that awoken do procreate like no that was a huge yes. i oh my gosh that was a huge debate in destiny one because we didn't have any that evidence is still a huge debate wait, 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 are you wait, kidding I mean, me yeah well I, I mean okay i'm sure there are people who debate it but it's it, you anyways you have awoken children <laughs> that are actually called out in Grimoire card. I mean, right, the, the yeah. card that describes Shax as an amazing dodgeball coach. Mm-hmm. It, there's an awoken kid. Um, yeah. There's there's uh, there's you know they are called the Earthborn Awoken and versus the Reefborn. So like the original generation of awoken, I think that's the only place in which I could see a debate as far as like what exactly they are, um, because mm-hmm. there's some there's some debate about you know like Mara. Is Mara yeah. original generation? Or third, I mean, if she is, that's a <laughs> that, that's a that's an issue there, um, mm-hmm. or not necessarily an issue, but that that brings to brings up brings up questions questions about you know, and you know, even from the very beginning, the Awoken were always described as Tolkien esque elves. Well, you know, we mm-hmm. know you know if you want to go down that road, there's there's a lot of connections there for longevity. Um, mm-hmm. We do have but, some materials from yes. that and, came out of the collapse or after the collapse. Uh, most of the materials from D one, actually, the mater- the planetary materials that we'd collect, uh, not necessarily helium. I don't think that one necessarily was cons- called out as a post collapse, but relic, relic iron and spin metal, both are called out as post collapse materials. And our ghost actually gives us a nod about the spin foil, which are not the spin foil, the spin metal. Gosh, so hard not to. But they said, <laughs> I know, it's so hard not to say it. Did you How know? Often th- you say it like all the time. Uh, you're, because you're, just you're like around me. now, Beard. Yeah, I see it because of you. <laughs> I'm so glad, side note, that they have a little nod to that in, mm-hmm. in the game with Cade's, with Cade's items. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Anyway. Yeah, that made me happy too. Yes. But, uh, so did you know the Zephyrsite's original Golden Age purpose is a mystery? They escaped confinement during the collapse, but their only visible effects on the environment have been the spin metal deposits, which, if you look at those, those are like canisters Mm -hmm. of 
it looks like almost like a canister that would go inside of a um, a missile, almost. But those things are post-collapse. It may just be the awkwardness of many, many, many aeons happening afterwards or not. I don't necessarily think they were created in the collapse. I don't know if that is necessarily... It may be something that came because afterwards, but I don't think they were created during the collapse itself. Right. But then we get into D2 stuff. Because... Mm. Let's we... say there's different stuff that we have now, too, which mm-hmm. I kind of find interesting. Oh, like the dark shards and stuff like that? Yeah, mm. so, like, mm-hmm. can, mm. can we, like, briefly look at that in a way? Because <laughs> we we have spit... Just just to at least kind of like look at it from that perspective, we have the the dark the dark shard crystals, but we have spin metal in other areas of the mm. world. Then besides, does this also mean that dark shard crystals existed before in the cosmodrome, or we just didn't care about them, and now all of a sudden we do? Or I is there some other I, I would actually say that the dark shards are a result of being so close to the giant right. shard of the traveler. I, more okay, so, just so rather... long as I'm not alone. Right, think, because the spin foils in those that area with all the the broken down tech mm-hmm. yeah i think i think the i always i agree with green i i got i got the feeling that that's part of the dead zones not necessarily the european de- but like the dead zones which there are plural there are multiple ones i got because yeah. uh there was uh there's one that you scan that like ghost basically is like i don't understand what this is like what is mm-hmm. this and and uh it's um it just to me, it always felt like it was like the the collection of the eddying powers of that shard, not necessarily because mm. spin metal felt like it was a uh, spin metal always was kind of like the the I don't want to say evolution, but, but it's like, like a it, fungus version. Yeah, of it mercury. is. It really is, and it, it but it grew off of like natural environment, like natural or not natural, but material that was there. Um, whereas mm-hmm. the dark shards or the dark crystal dark crystals oh god well okay so here anyways i just had other materials fizz geek just jumped in my head um right if (laughs) we if if we go to the all the materials in d2 they are um just condensed versions of the materials that are around them so Mm. the methane the i can't think of how to actually say it right now but the little webbing looking thing yeah that that is actually condensed methane the data lattice um is condensed vex networking i think the dark crystal type thing and now you just had me saying it constantly (laughs) uh, is a condensed version of the dark energy surrounding the the crystal area i think it's just a condensing of this material around yeah and uh to kind of go back to the like material from uh sorry from d1 uh one thing that live uh, the chat and stream is talking about right now is the the connection between the braze and relic iron um or sorry relic crystals which was the what led to creation of relic iron uh relic crystals were what actually inspired dr willa bray to develop the ingram matter encryption technique that was used during the golden age which is where we get ingrams um and which is also in destiny one 
there was a quest that you had to run around and pick up a lot of material to get your exotic sword. That's where we learned that uh, from. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Everyone remembers those fondly. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that was Relic Crystals was what inspired Bray to develop the Ingram Matter. Um, so, sorry. That, that's I just was talking to live chat about that. It's okay. Well, and you know, more, more on point for the way that uh, Ghost Scan was talking about, it, it almost sounds like it's a very acatoleptic in terms of understanding mm-hmm. yeah. darkness. I, uh, oh, look yeah. at that. Welcome mm-hmm. welcome to the summary of Destiny. It's an acatoleptic game. Mm-hmm. We don't understand, but we sure try. Just shoot it. If, <laughs> what, was it what was that a Cade quote? I don't know. Just uh, shoot it. I'm going to say she's going hang on. Let me talk to Eris. She's talking about these dark matter All thi- the things. Oh, just shoot, shoot it. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll be bound by terrestrial bullets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Let's see. What else? So uh... we do have a mention of collapse, not necessarily the collapse, but mm-hmm. of collapse in Destiny 2. Went in the Crown of Tempest card or mm-hmm. the lore entry, which that one it is kind of a throwback, I would say, to an older age. Right. This is written that you may understand the time of kings is long since gone from this world. Yes, the rain does linger, these shallow, frightened, aged men clinging to their grand delusions of relevance in a world that has long since passed them by. But their reign is a lie, a fleeting charade that will crumble beneath the weight of their greed. In the end, though they may conquer the lands and the seas and the fragile flesh upon which they trample, their empires will collapse and their graves will beckon. And the crowns of old will find new heads to bear the weight of their power. And the strong will be made to suffer as their weakness is brought to light. Which is fun, and I just saw what you put in chat. Ah, yes. But, uh, I... Okay, so this to me throws it back to the talk that we had about the hit list and Callus, Mm -hmm. but I think it is very relevant to our own civilization. Right. And what we went through, and it possibly kind of calls onto what the collapse could be philosophically. What do you think, Blue? Um, I was just going to say it also um, heavy is or heavy is the head that wears the crown uh, is is mm-hmm. a, a, f- a phrase that most most people will recognize. Um, but it's it's just you know I think that's a very I agree with what you're saying. I just think that it's also kind of like the, the uh, what is it ne- Nezer Nezerak. Right. Oh, good. You were going to steal my thing. No, I I didn't mean to steal it. I was just saying. I was just saying. Like, yeah, yeah, great minds, great minds. Um, but like, I think in the same vein that like, there's as it stands right now, they're both very vague connections to Mm -hmm. this previous world. Um, I I don't I don't know, but to me, the idea of that heavy is the head that wears the crown. That that mentality. That's a very common mentality. Uh, it's a very common yeah. theme that you see in quite a bit of literature, like stories, you know, all this stuff. 
Uh, that's that's all I was going to say is it's a very common I, I hesitate mm-hmm. to call it a trope, but it kind of is that beard. What did you? Well, and and that's kind of the same thing with Nazarek and even with the crown of uh, Tempest. We I, I almost feel like they are windows into what the Golden Age kind of put together in a way as like these pre stories, almost like what Olin Tan constantly preaches about, like the, the symmetry in its regard of light and dark where now all of a sudden these different religions are effectively kind of popping up throughout the golden age. Uh, I basically have kind of linked that stuff like crown, uh, crown tempest or, um, Nezarek sins. Both are kind of more fictional stories that we have, or at least tie off from more than they are much else. That's, that's always been my general feeling. It's obviously not fact, but yes, I think that's the, the biggest thing overall is there's just so many different stories that can kind of produce from it. Uh, Nezarex itself is just way too uh, kind of talking or uh, reminiscent of stuff that we see even with, with Oryx as well. So to, to say that it's a pre golden age text, which granted we don't see with like crown of tempest or some of the others that are out there. This one actually has a date on it as being something that we can track as being before uh, our our time was actually written, even though people want to argue the Books of Sorrow were pre-Golden Age, and even though I will certainly agree we can't necessarily put that timing on. What about fiction? Yeah, fiction. Lots of fiction. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I mean, I think... Do, what, I don't know. Green, do we have... There's really, okay, so searching for collapse-related stuff, like with the word collapse in it in D2, it's one of the words that they kind of abandoned. We saw it all over the place Mm -hmm. in D1, but it's really not in a lot of places in D2 that we have readily available. Um, Yeah, it's one of those words that they kind of got rid of, which is... right. Interesting. I mean, darkness technically is too, but a lot of people are still referring to everything with darknesses. Uh, Raul will yell at you about the darkness if you stand yeah, next to it. That's him. true. Right. Like, I mean, in between Tess being the one that everybody's like, hey, come on over, talk to me for oh, some God. reason. <clears throat> anyway, Tess is um, she's, she's like creepy. a freaking, she's a freaking hawker, like over there. Come get your silver. Come get your silver. And it's like, leave me alone. Yeah, really. It's more like, come get your apples. Apples over here. Yeah. Apples. Don't Who mind some apples. Don't Somebody. mind the, Don't mind the poison in them. It's good for you. Oh, lordy lord. Have, have um, some shiny. Shiny, shiny, shiny. <laughs> Which works for hunters, I by promise. the way. <laughs> yeah. I promise. We were talking about that before show. I'm a hunter at heart. Like, it's shiny. Oh, okay. How many of hey. the gold shaders did you get? All of them. Uh-huh. Hey-o. But, yeah, I gotta say with 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 the way that uh, Rahul talks about the darkness and everything, they they claim it's gone, but realistically, no, it's it's still a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he stole a ton of his quotes from Nietzsche. Yeah, and the game. 
Yeah. Well, when no, he, like there's the there's one. Yeah, that's that's the one. It's like so. And he said is he says it like every time I walk by him. It's really annoying. Um, speak not to me to of the, the darkness. Yeah, I want to be no part of it. <laughs> then you want to talk about the uh, differences in the storytelling for this? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, to go back to your uh, comment, and, and, and it's a valid comment. Um, and I, I kind of, I think it was one of the game streams that we had a few weeks back. I kind of talked about this, um, but I think that ties into so that ties into what I think is kind of the direction of storytelling uh, between mm-hmm. the two games. Um, so f- for those who don't know, I'm a really big fan of RPGs, uh, tabletop RPGs especially. And the reason why I like that is because I love world building. Um, and it's just it's just part, that's just something that I really enjoy. And D1... Um, one of the things that you do in world building, there's two approaches. You can either start small and build out, or you can start big and build in. Um, and D1, you know, the Destiny story kind of gives me the feel of something that's being built large and then being focused in, um, mm. in the sense that uh, Destiny 1 put massive pieces of information and didn't, I mean, they didn't connect them necessarily. There were some connections and there were other implied connections, but they put these just giant pieces of information out there. And now we're coming back into Destiny 2, and and what it's and kind of what I'm looking at is Destiny 1 was a world-building game. It was a universe-building mm-hmm. game. It was an introduction to everything, how the thing works, you know, what is going on, the theme, like the basic themes. Destiny 2 is all about the individual tales within that world that has already been built. And that's why you get, you know, we we haven't seen anything about you know we haven't seen anything I use air quotes here seen anything about the darkness in Destiny two yet we haven't we haven't heard a lot about um, the collapse right now because right now in Destiny 2's game world we don't really care we're going through our own collapse you know that's that's mm-hmm. the entire point of Destiny two it's the story Whoa. well but what mm-hmm. I'm saying what I mean is like the focus is on your individual right. character not right. the world whereas in destiny one you know it was the first in the series so you know just the same as a book series right the yeah. first book in a series is going to spend a lot of time kind of explaining the history the the background of all these different characters that might not be that big of a deal in the second book or the third book unless in... you're stephen king and then you just yeah. don't give you any information until the end of, never mind just yeah no they, they he gives you information it's just in a different book series um that you have to know is connected because you've read all the series together. But I mean, the point is, is that like a stand, like the standard, the standard arc of a story Mm -hmm. is that you build the world and then you build the characters within it because you can't Mm -hmm. have characters within a world that doesn't exist. You can't, I mean, you know, you, you can't. And if you go back, um, you know, you go back to other games that Bungie has made halo being the, the example that I bring up a lot this is this is a similar pattern to what they did in Halo. They built the world in the first game, and then Halo Two they really focused on the character, um, yep. and that's why that's why I, I kind of see a a lull in the mentioning of certain terms. I don't think that they're yeah. going away from them. I think they are mm-hmm. narrowing the focus to build a better connection to the player with your individual character. There is also, I mean, we've not completely lost references. I mean, we've, we've mentioned the Rahul quote, right, right. and 
there's also the vision that you get right mm-hmm. after homecoming, which is a very, very, I'd, I'd like to take a bit of time here at the end. If we go into some theories and talk about yeah, my I think, I theory, my, I don't have it written out. It's more like, I would like to make this a thing and I'd like to see it be a thing, but I have nothing that beyond the vision itself to support it. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you look at the vision, like the first 20 seconds or so of the vision, you get the image on IO where we see the traveler sitting on IO on the little pedestal area that we all of us have kind of called the pedestal area. There's a river that is flowing towards the, the pedestal and the camera actually goes into the water itself. And then you see these the really creepy image of the faces underwater which reminds me heavily of the Tolkien scene mm-hmm. when they're in the marshes. Right, yeah. And then after that, you get the imagery of the ships or the triangles, the triangle pyramid ships falling into the water itself. So I have a gut feeling theory that that is kind of imagery from the prior collapse. Yeah. of what happened if we view that vision as a snippet of things that have been and what to come. Because afterwards, we get, right after that, we get everything that's going to be coming up. We get the Leviathan, we get the Ark Strider, and then the Sentinel and everything else coming on. That is stuff that we've gone through at this point and possibly things that are coming here in the future. Before that, there's no, there hasn't been a whole lot of talk from the community as to what is going on prior to when we see the leviathan all we see is that the traveler is on io yep but that's just just a theory i've a had game a exact... theory wait wrong series oh god no Matt pat's gonna sue us no um, it's fine <laughs> yeah. i said it's a wrong series yeah uh no i've actually had extremely similar ideas on that end like the the idea is where, where Saturn is within our solar system as well. It's still pretty far out there. And it's a, uh, d- depending on, obviously, the, the orbits of the planets and everything at that time, uh, it might be easier or fast, a little slower for the traveler to actually get back to Earth as well if something were to start to happen with the darkness kind of closing in. Uh, the base idea, though, of those people... Uh, I I actually kind of thought of it as uh, like a, a Mount Vesuvius sort of connection mm-hmm. where you just see these people that are just coated and stuck in stone, basically. Like, that was my first thought immediately. Submersed in the darkness. Yep. Something of that to, to that elk. It, wait a second. Blue, the <laughs> excerpt you read from earlier from Cage yeah. Journal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're getting there. Come on. Let's go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Now that's that's basically exactly where I was thinking though. I mean the I I have not had a chance, obviously, to sit and talk about that between trailers coming up and everything else because mm-hmm. Bungie and your DLC practices. Anyway, <laughs> the <laughs> the, the major what practice really What? Huh? What? what? <laughs> they have practices? What? <laughs> you need, Hang you on. need to sleep? What? <laughs> yeah, really. I need to sleep and and work and have a life and do other stuff other than make videos that I want to make. Anyway, uh, but I think the 
the the little tips and little trinkets and, and ideas that we've that we've had that have uh, basically culminated this whole episode, even from uh, what Kate have said, uh, what uh, Rasputin has said, what Lanshu has said, what Lost Pacific has kind of stated, uh, and then the other little bits and pieces. And I see, of course, the one here in chat from Mysteries Two, which mm-hmm. I had kind of mm-hmm. kind of sort of made some connection back to with that first couple seconds of the the the. Uh, vision as well it just feels like there's enough that they said we don't want to talk about the darkness but yet they are they're still bringing this idea uh enough to us to kind of culminate that yes it was it was this terrible it was this bad it was Mm -hmm. this kind of connection and feeling uh it was you know this uh stagnating to a culture and to the traveler itself uh, it completely screwed the light up. It completely screwed up the balance of everything. Uh, and now at least our little section of the galaxy or possibly our section of the universe is completely that much out of flux. I think it's, if we're going to talk semantics, because Bungie loves to play semantics, mm-hmm. they're not talking about the darkness. They're showing us. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. showing us the result of the collapse. They're showing us what happened prior and who was all out there. and the things that we've been asking to be shown for all of the first three years, we've wanted to see this and we're getting it now. I would highly agree. Yeah. Blue. That's a, that's a good point. Even though technically our collapse is a very personal one. We just put in chat that they're allowing us to live the collapse. But now it's our own personal civilization that we're losing, possibly. Well, it's also, but it's I mean, not... it's more, it's more than a civilization too. I mean, look at, look at the, the, uh, I mean, the collapse of the Vanguard, the, the, the moral questioning of all the guardians because their light was ripped away. And, you know, that, that questioning of like, I mean, Zavala personified it so well, you know, he's mm. his entire line of questioning of like, without the light, what am I? You know, Ikora, Cora, right. and then you know the 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 stutter step that was basically forced on all of us as guardians, and then our guardian being the one that was like, you know, f this, no, and pushing <laughs> forward. I mean, I mean, that's kind of the the, the sense that that's... I got from our character was like, no, I am not like yep. I'm not laying down over this. I fell off a freaking ship, and I'm gonna get up, and I'm gonna walk out of this. And then I'm yep. gonna go and I'm gonna find a way to get my power back because it's my power, you know. And it's like that's that's the entire mental state that I kind of pictured as being the the. I mean, we have now become not just a guardian; we we are the catalyst of this revigoration of the guardians. Because yep. if it was not for our particular actions in Destiny Two, there would be no guardians. You well, know, there would be literally there would. There would be no growth. Right, we right, were right, already but I mean, right, at a, right. I mean, as far as a perspective, if you think from a personal, personal growth perspective, we were pretty much at the peak of what we could be right. at the end of D one. We had mm-hmm. very little to grow unless there was new conflict introduced, and beyond just the conflict of having a new enemy show up, which could get very boring very quickly because. We were already very, very powered. The taking away the powers allowed our character to grow in a different way and allowed the Vanguard 
to grow beyond just the concept of them being a guardian. They are part of the community. And that was the whole point of this this arc, I believe, is just allowing the the vanguard to be, see that the people that they're serving are they are part of it. Yeah. Well, and look at it from go for it, Beard. The, the uh, look at it from the older perspective too of like the and I and I think that's kind of the the best way to put it. Look at the old guard, if you will, where they've kind of been giving some more hints and uh, little quips about like Ariana, Pahan, and Weining and all them throughout Destiny Two, and now look at it from how it is with our perspective now. We've had to grow and change and alter in our you know in a lot of different respects, but uh, you know kind of similar in uh, you know raising of a raising of a, a stallion. A, a stallion needs to be broken in order for it to actually like uh, actually does need to break in order to actually become more str- uh, a little stronger. Or like Blue had said in chat too, breaking a bone allows it to become stronger. Same kind of idea. Uh, it's our new golden age that is now rifled with a lot of different uh, the these older uh, hands that had a lot to do with it. Uh, same kind of idea about uh, the way that we kind of grew as guardians and then we ended up losing, of course, everything. But just straight and in wholeheartedly the same way as how it was with Weining or Bahanan or all of them. And now they're gone and now we need the new guard to basically step up. Uh that's at least my my little takeaway from it as as not very well voiced I think as I did on that, but it's just old guard to new guard. Yeah, and I and I think, you know, I the reason I was kind of I mean I everyone loves parallels in destiny mm-hmm. um and there's just to me there's not a way to avoid the giant parallel between the age of triumph which is basically from destiny one was described as the new golden age and the old golden age the original golden age right. um and you know green kind of going back to what you were saying i agree wholeheartedly we had reached the pinnacle um but as part of that pinnacle, we had also become very detached from the thing that had allowed us to reach that pinnacle, and that was the city. The mm-hmm, city right. was what we were protecting. The city was the seat of what drove us forward, and we had lost connection to it, as is seen with the character of Hawthorne mm-hmm. um, in Destiny Oh, man, too. she is so salty. Well, no, but, I mean, uh, but I mean, and rightfully I don't blame so. her. I don't blame her at all. Nope. And that's the nope. thing, is that was the point is we had been we had become i mean we were we were so focused on being this you know this this protective wall that we had forgotten what we were protecting and that was i think the 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 really the big purpose of destiny 2 was breaking the wall and making sure that the people who made up that wall remembered what it was that that they were defending, you know, in chat right now, black flag kind of said it right now, our guardian. And and again, going back to our guardian, our guardian didn't lose hope, but at the same time that, that collapse, the, the new collapse, I guess, if you want to call it that it allowed those people, those entities who were no longer human to be rehumanized. They were reduced to the base level of what they were. And then they were allowed in, in some case, in most cases, they were allowed to return to the heights. And you see this a lot with, you know, ancient Greek mythology, 
the 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 trials of Hercules or Heracles, if you want to go really far back, you know, it's it's by reducing a demigod to a human state and then making them work for that power back that they start to understand the benefit and the true purpose of that power. Mm. Right. Would you have green? I would even I'd even go further and say that it's not just the allowing us to really once you lose it, you you don't know what you have until you lose right. it kind of thing, what you're saying. It's also the concept that we learned not only that what we were protecting with the hu- like the non guardians, the city folk. Civilians. We were protecting them, the civilians. We were t- we were protecting them, yes, but we were also Hawthorne talks about in one of the very first adventures you can go on that it was somewhat of a prison right. to a lot of them, yeah. and we learn their strength too. We learn some yeah. of their ability to what they've adapted, and we see that we may have been blind to some of our own assets of having some of the civilians be higher up in the say of what's going on well what's a common uh what's a common thing within storytelling especially Mm -hmm. with uh with anything within either darkness or protecting something or fighting against something it's a very common theme that we don't want to lose our humanity Mm -hmm. so in that respect we end up seeing that we did in fact lose our humanity which i think is where those arguments of did we, or or at least to a point, we kind of lost our humanity in the way that things kind of worked out. Uh, but is it more, you know, that argument of did our ghost make us do that? Did the light make us do that? Did other things kind of uh, make us do that? Uh, and there were these, and I kind of see where like Osiris was kind of coming from with the ideas that he came up with. Uh, the The simple idea that we are defending humanity but in turn, if we lose, kind of tying back to the way that the collapse happened, we lost our records. We lost everything of our history. We lost most everything about like what it was that made us humans. And then effectively, we end up turning into something different. And now we have to rewrite how that uh, human nature is or how everything is kind of built up. It's not the same humanity that we now have before. It's something completely different. Yeah, and I would I would argue too. Um, you see this a lot in uh, in the exos, actually. You know mm-hmm. the debate of why does why does an exo have morality? I, I just you know you were talking, and I actually just kind of made this parallel too. It's we in a way have all become machines of death, machines of killing, yeah. killing machines. And I, I think if I remember right, isn't it, is Destiny one? I think it was Lakshmi that actually made the comment that you're nothing more than a, a machine of war. And yeah. and the thing the and, thing and with the thing with the factions is they're not guardians. No. Yeah, so so Lakshmi is actually speaking from a non-guardian perspective to a guardian. And so that's where that kind of that you know and you can say yeah, I'm a I'm a, a killing machine, you know, I'm a machine of war, but the thing is is that as part of that, and the other the other thing is, and this kind of harkens back to a, a, a document or a, a thesis that I did way back in college. Um, you see this a lot. You see this a lot in vampire mythology. Um, immortality often translates into immorality uh, because what happens is after a period of time, 
if you don't have the fear of death to to keep you there there's a there's a degree of which the fear of death uh pushes a mortal creature into kind of usually being somewhat moral there and in the, you see that in the cases of uh, religion and you know spiritualism and stuff like that and so as a guardian we are immortal we i mean you know as far as the light is concerned we are immortal and so in a way we have slowly traded our humanity from that moral sense uh for more power you you see that in mm-hmm. the reason why the ahamkara were hunted down you know they mm-hmm. they argued from a solipsistic point of view which is basically um putting the self above all you know you don't you you become an egocentrical individual not an allocentrical which is where you where you know you know i i know you love me bringing this guy up but the speaker comes from the speaker mm. is well but i mean the speaker from 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 his words the speaker is pushing mm. for an allocentrical approach to life you have the way right. of the pack you have the you know protection of the guard of the civilians you the fire team all that and then you have the Ahamkara, you have Toland, you have to a degree of Cyrus, who are kind of arguing more for an individualistic, egotistical, or egocentric argument, um, which mm. is the, the the realization that the self is separate from the pack. Um, and there's this you know this weird argument between the two. Um, yeah. And the thing is, is that with D one, we actually see the downside to the pack mentality because what happens is when you have a pack when you have a fire team and that's the only pack that you spend time with you start ostracizing yourself in the pack from the others you start you know it's 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 a human it ironically the thing that made us inhuman is a very human trait we began to to develop a click in the city and it was guardians and civilians I mean, in stream, you know, you're sitting over here and I'm looking, my, my character is looking down at this city being rebuilt. And then you look up and this tra- this tower, and I, I think this is amazing. Um, I don't, I haven't heard anyone actually make this comment, but if you look at the city in Destiny 2, you look at the city down below the tower, the quote, the tower, there is construction all over the place. Everything's being rebuilt. There's, there's, you know, ships flying over, you know, all this stuff. And then turn and look at the ruined tower. There is not one thing being rebuilt on that tower. Nope. And I think that's, to me, that's really what, at its core, this Destiny 2 story and, you know, the collapse taught us is that we are not above the city. We are part of the city. But we are also we we are we are above the city in the sense that we have a we have the the need to protect the city, but that does not mean that we are separate from it. Well, oh yeah, and then green green's comment, I like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I mean, what you were saying about the speaker earlier, the speaker's purpose was to pull people together. To you were talking about the pack mentality right, and right. Per- pack protection. But now that we're finally together as city, civil, civilians and guardians are finally together, he's gone. We don't need him anymore to actually pull the group together. 
I'm going to say, don't get me started on the speaker. But, you know, yeah, we should but, probably well, stop before it gets to you. Uh, one, no. one last thing I do, but I do I, like Black Flag real quick. He's he's uh, he's mm-hmm. telling a different, you know, as Guardians, we're literally newborns given the power of gods. And Destiny 2 mm-hmm. is the gods have been brought down from Olympus. Um, right. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. Oh, and, and then also, uh, yeah, also he says the, the tower, the tower, the ruined tower is a monument to our hubris. Yes, I got. Well done. I don't have to. Yeah, I got to say we we do see some stuff though with uh, with Hawthorne, and I kind of find it funny. I, I she is kind of instating these things within us that still bring us together in that clickish mentality, which I find mm-hmm. is is interesting as well. Uh, granted, Hawthorne is completely separate, but we're we're still able to kind of bring our, our ourselves together based on the fact of now power more towards the the people and towards the individual than it is towards separate groups and i think that's what's going to start to become more of a, a centralized theme even if power is a centralized theme of destiny 2 i think togetherness is going to be one of the bigger and more necessary ones especially with something like callus and the nine and so on Mm-hmm. Uh, being out there tempting us with these possibilities of power, and long story short, you know the the collapse itself is the base idea of that where we lose everything and then we have to rebuild. It's this same idea where it was the warlords and the iron lords, and now there can realistically is there room for multiple theories and philosophies? Can we live together in that same kind of idea and? and still strive and and develop and that's where i think now that we have this uh this partial reset is is going to be very interesting to see where humanity is now going to go because it isn't just the guardians that's going to leave everything lead everything i definitely right. think it is going to be more humanity for sure i like it i like it all right green you want to oh i yeah okay yes Go go for it, Green. I I just realized we had a dispatch, but it's actually not a dispatch. It's I'm giving it a shout out. So oh okay. I was like, I well, have a dispatch. No, I don't have it. I got confused. Sorry. I it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's I saw somebody use Ask FFC. I think this week or last week. Uh, last I week. Uh, it was. Oh, uh, uh, I answered it. Mm-hmm. Because I saw your answer. <laughs> I answered it. I know that. Um, I think it was. I was, was excited to see it. But yes, use that. Use that hashtag, guys. It's a, it's yeah. a fun one. Uh, my shout outs go to book club. Uh, it's Blue's Choice this month, mm-hmm. and I was okay mm-hmm. when I put mm-hmm. that choice on there. I was a little tentative. Yeah, I surprised everybody. Let's just. Be I honest. was a. Yeah, you did. You did. And I started listening to it. And the name of the book is Death World, which yes. does not sound I, to be correct, like it's going it is, to be. It's Death World 1. He was very okay, original yeah. in this. It's a trilogy. He was, he it was a a very trilogy. original. I'll give you a guess what the second one's called. <laughs> but, uh, so Death World, I was surprised as to what it's actually about. It's mm-hmm. very sci-fi. It's very Han Solo, Gambler, Indiana Jones kind of feeling. Although I got film noir kind of at the yes, beginning too. Yes. 
Mm. It's just such a nice balance it, between all these different things. Yeah, it's it's Harry Harrison. Um, any anyone oh. who's yeah 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 yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's Harry yep, yep, Harrison. Yep, yep. So anyway, anyone who does who's not familiar with Harry Harrison, that what Green just kind of said is basically him. Like he 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 does a very good job of blending a lot of different genres into a science fiction tale. One of his like one of his best series, and it's just freaking hilarious, is the stories of the stainless steel rat. Um, and it's just like it. Uh, if you if you want good sci-fi, I mean, you got Heinlein, you got Harrison, you got Philip K. Dick. You know all these all these authors that wrote short stories. I mean, that's the thing is Mm -hmm. death world is definitely not a, I think it's like uh, 400 pages. It's six and a half hours long total on audible, which is the shortest, which is the shortest one we've done so far. So it's, it's Um, definitely not a long book, but no, it's not like it. It's it's it pulls you in pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you like firefly, it definitely has kind of that same feel that firefly has kind of that weird hodgepodge of different things Mm -hmm. that somehow Mm -hmm. like if you if you listen to us put all the different pieces together you're like there's no way this would work but then you read it and it's like this is awesome it actually does work Mm -hmm. plus it has one of the coolest mechanics i've ever (laughs) heard described for a a a gun a holster and a gun it's just ridiculous just ridiculous anyway jump into book chat for that if if you want to do summaries on that or if you're like you don't want to do summaries or anything like that just have fun reading it it's good to start a conversation about it with your friends because it's just a fun one to do and it's not long and it's not hard and it's not scary and it doesn't have raya in it so i'm happy (laughs) (laughs) to be fair none of the other books in that series have read it. thank god <laughs> so, he is so, to be fair <laughs> so creepy oh beard what about you uh as always my shout out is going to continue to go towards guardian con it probably will towards uh all the way up to uh, july uh continue thanks to anybody and anybody that uh helps me on a daily basis too with finding anything in terms of lore uh, my my life is continuing to be hectic, 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 and that may as well be the hashtag that I run with for the rest of my life. Uh, but when all is said and done, I thank you to all of you that have been helping me out with gathering stuff for either uh, lore videos or just retrospective or ideas in terms of like what we can cover um, as car goes by. Uh, every single day, uh, either in my Discord, on Twitter... Uh, that I can write down or look as possible topics. So thank you all very, very much. Awesome. All right. And my, my shout out is actually, I'm going to read this email that Millie sent us because Millie, Millie is a, uh, is a, a person who has been taught, has been giving us updates on his journey through destiny with his girlfriend. This is a, this is oh, a cool my, one. And uh, mm-hmm. so like he, I just, I love, I love the updates. Um, Mm -hmm. so he said, Hey guys, I have another update I would like to share with you. My girlfriend and I finally got another PS4. It's all set up. D2 is downloaded and her background is the most purple theme that was available (laughs) over the the past week. She went back to D1 on my account and has been playing through the story to get caught up. That's, 
that's true dedication. Um, mm-hmm. She is a bookworm and a nerd, and I knew the Destiny story would intrigue her. Unfortunately, she had to work over an overnight shift tonight, last minute, but tomorrow we will finally be on our journey into the universe of Destiny together. My dreams have come true. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, then I, the, the, the next paragraph's more for us. So, But, you know, I... I am just happy that this guy has finally got ex- to where he can play his exactly. hunter back. And yeah, oh yeah, she there's can there's have her that. Titan. She <laughs> can have her Titan. Yeah, there is there is that. So the the story started. He he wanted he wanted to introduce his girlfriend to Destiny, and he's a hunter main. <laughs> and basically, he introduced her, and he was like, "No, no, no, play you know play this, play the hunter." And blah, it was a little bit too difficult, so she he gave her the Titan. Um, <laughs> she became a Titan main. <laughs> He's like, "Oh no, no!" <laughs> oh, and Millie, by the way, live chat has decreed that you need to make sure you keep her. So, yes, you know, pressure, pressure from the live chat on that one. But yeah, no, it's I'm I. It's just amazing because I'm I'm super happy for them uh, because he he's emailed us. I think this is the third or fourth email that I've gotten from mm-hmm. Millie. Um, and they've been working really hard to get a PS4 so that they can both play together because you can't, you know, you don't have the local co-op. So awesome, awesome to hear that that is, that is going to happen. Um, but yes, that was my shout out. My, the other shout out is basically housekeeping notes, which is always my fun ones. Uh, next topic is going to be an update on Titans. Uh, this will be from a lore perspective, not a game mechanics perspective, because otherwise I'll just sit here and yell about Tink Tinks. Um, <laughs> but yes, that is that is the the next topic. So if you guys have any thoughts, questions, concerns, I know there's a couple concerns about the the update in Titans for Destiny Two. Please be sure to send us those and. Um, also, as always, be sure to vote on the poll that's gone up this weekend. We'll have that up in the Discord server as well as on Twitter um, so that we know what we're going to talk about next. But, yep, we'll just run through an outro and then we'll have a... We'll stick around for a little bit of, um, of an after show. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on the new focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any questions or comments for our team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all of our amazing podcast partners within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. 